the word relationships, you all get excited because we're going to study God's word. And in four weeks' time, you will know exactly what your husband should look like. Yes. Yes. And hopefully somewhere in this sermon series, Dani or Rudo will share with the men sitting around us just to wake up uh, and to walk across the room and to invite us for coffee uh, and to biblically date us correctly. Yes, is that your desire? This is not what we will be preaching about. But we will be preaching about relationships and we will definitely be preaching out of God's Word. All right, so and if I say, if I use the word relationship, what comes up in your mind? Now, let me share with you what Google says. If you don't know, always Google. Google says this about relationships. The way in which two or more people or things are connected. Or the state of being connected. All right? The way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards one another. That is Google's definition of relationships. And so if I think of relationships, it is so much more than just two people or two or more people being connected. What about you yourself being in relationship with yourself? Google doesn't say anything about that. What about you being in relationship or seeking to be in relationship with God? You see, the latter impacts all our relationships. And so, if I mention the word relationships, I know it is so much more. And just looking across this room, there is so many different feelings that comes up when I mention relationship. Immediately to you, it might be, sure, not a good experience. Something about hurt or pain or feeling rejected. Or maybe to you, it is a sense of joy, of happiness, of fullness. Now, a few pictures potentially is that very first time when somebody walked across the room and asked you to dance. You know, that feeling that came up? Uh, or when you were asked out to the matric farewell, hoping and praying that you won't be the one left alone or left behind. You know, that feeling that comes up. And so here's the thing, here's the truth. All of us have experienced some sort of feeling in relationships. Some experience created some feeling. And that is true to you tonight. But here's the thing. You are also the reason... You need to understand this for the experience and the feeling somebody else has today because of your behavior. And so sometimes we tend to think it is we only, you know, relationships, yeah, I've received this or I didn't receive this. You know, when we chose that, uh, that touch rugby team, I was always the last boy to be selected. Or even if there was a girl, they chose the girl before me. And then I was the boy that was selected. You know, we always tend to take on the victim mentality. Not realizing that we are also the, the reason why somebody has experienced something, whether good or bad. And so our prayer with this relationship series is that you will come to understand the biblical truth about relationships. So when we study the fall of man in Genesis 3, we see the Bible mentions four different relationships. 
the relationship that you have with God. So as Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that they did is they hide, they hid from God's presence. They realized that they were naked. And so we read that they went and they hide away from God. And so we see a relationship with God being distorted. And so the first relationship, relationship with God. Them realizing that they were naked, it says they felt ashamed. And so there's a relationship with self. And so when God calls out to Adam and he says, Adam, where are you? And so Adam responds and he says to God, we were naked, we felt ashamed, and so we hide away. God says to him, who told you that you are naked? And so this whole conversation starts, and guess what Adam does? But God, this woman that you gave me. All right, and there we see the third relationship, others. And so we start blaming others, being humankind and also God. Relationship with God, relationship with self, relationship with others. And the last one where God kills an animal and makes clothes for them, we see a relationship with creation. And so instead of preaching into marriages or singleness or dating or sex or how to kiss and when to kiss and if you're allowed to kiss, I hope truly that you will come to understand the word and apply that to all your relationships. And so in the next four weeks, we will be preaching about God's perfect plan. Rediscover God's perfect plan for relationships, which is what I'm preaching about tonight. Next week, I will be preaching about the longing of every human heart. We were created with a certain longing in our hearts. And then in week three, Rita will be preaching about growing through tough times. In relationships, growing through tough times. And then I'll end it off with, the way forward. All right, so please don't miss the next four weeks. It will be life-changing because we will be sharing from God's Word. All right? And so rediscover. Rediscover. Whom of you like to build puzzles? Any puzzle addicts? I saw Zach started like this. There's a few guys behind you that goes like this. Zach, you can lift it up. There's pointing to other people. All right, I'm also a puzzle addict, and I'm not going to tell you which is the best way to do it. What I want to share with you in this metaphor is whenever you build puzzles, doesn't matter how you attempt at doing this, somewhere during this phase of building, you always refer to the picture. You always refer to the box, yes? So whether you're the guy or lady that starts with the boundaries or you put all the colors together and then you start building from the colors out. Doesn't really matter. We all at some stage refer to the box. And so here's the metaphor. Our box is God's word. Our picture is God's word. And so when we say that there is a perfect plan, is there a perfect plan? plan? Yes, there is a perfect plan for all your relationships. All four, the relationships I've just mentioned, there is a perfect plan. And it's found in the one and true, only perfect word. God's word. Right. And so what does this picture look like, Donnie? Let's just skip all this. Let's just get to the picture. Yes? You there? You can open your Bibles with me at Genesis 2. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 5. 
So before I do so, let me just give you some context. Genesis 1, the word goes into detail about creation from day 1 until day 7. Towards the beginning of chapter 2, you see God rested, day 7. So Genesis 2 comes and it highlights the day man was created. And so that's why we start looking at the perfect plan, Genesis 2, because relationships started between God and man first. All right, so let's jump into it. Looking at rediscovering God's perfect plan for relationships. Verse 4, where no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. There was no man to work the ground, underline that. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, underline that, in the east, and there he put a man, there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, water the garden, a river flew flowed out of Eden into the garden to water the garden. And there it divided and became four rivers. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse 18, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So when we look at just this picture, the box, the word, what is it that we see about relationships? Four things that I want to share. First being that we were created to draw near to God. We were created to draw near to God. Listen to this verse again. Verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. Underline that. In the east. And there he put the man. So what we need to understand quickly, just some background into the theology. There was a garden in Eden. And so Eden in the Bible is a specific area that was part of creation. And so in this specific area, God planted a garden. So this garden was part of Eden, but it was also a separated, separated area from the rest of the garden. And so if you are studying architecture or you are an architect sitting here tonight, any architects except Marius thing there at the back? Anybody studying? All right. If we had to draw a floor plan of the garden, it would more or less look like this. And so we see how God leaves His dwelling place, heaven, and the Spirit of God hovered over the earth. And then God creates a garden in Eden. And He places man in that garden. 
where he walked. God walked in the garden. And so three weeks ago, when I was preaching about justification and sanctification, were you here? Can you remember that? What is the meaning of holiness? Can you remember that? Holiness being to be separated unto God. To be separated unto God. And so this garden was separated from the rest of Eden unto God. And there he placed man in the holy of holies. We were created to walk with God. We were created to draw near to God. We were created to be with God. That was God's original plan. And so God does not make mistakes. You need to understand that. This is not a new plan. You know, he created something, and then Adam and Eve sinned. And then he changed this picture, and suddenly in the New Testament we see, no, this is where he wants us to draw near to him, to be with him, to dwell with him. No, this was his plan from the word go. And we see the same plan being communicated throughout the word. God goes to Israel and Egypt, and he says, this is my beloved people. I want to dwell with you. You are my people. And so God instructs Moses to build the tabernacle. And so again, if you had to see the floor plan that will be behind me of the tabernacle, you will see something very similar to Eden. The Holy of Holies, where God dwelled amongst His people. Only difference being, in the garden, Adam and Eve, and everybody that would have come out of Adam and Eve before sin, would have been allowed in His presence. That was God's plan. But because of sin, we were separated from God. And so only the high priest was allowed into God's presence once a year. God's plan has never changed. He left heaven to be with us. And tonight what you need to hear is you have been created to be near to Him. And so this group of people then moves into Judah, Jerusalem. And God, through David, instructs Solomon to build a temple. And here's the temple's floor plan. Again, we see the same picture. God's intention for us and our relationship with Him has never changed. And so in Jesus, we see how God restores the original picture of Eden, where He leaves, in Jesus, leaves heaven. And He comes and He creates a way to dwell with Him, to be with Him for all of us that believe that He is Lord and Savior forever and ever. And in that moment when Jesus died on the cross, we see how the, the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. He made the way where no longer only one person, the high priest, once a year, but everybody that believes with their hearts, confess with their mouths, can be in His presence and should be in His presence to dwell with Him. We were created to draw near to God. His plan has never changed. And so when God blessed Adam and Eve, we need to understand this. The blessing was the following. He blessed them and He said, increase in number, subdue, live, and rule over creation. Increase in number. So bearing children was part of God's creation plan. 
And so just think of this quickly. Before sin, they would have increased in number like they did after sin. And so as they were increasing in number, there would have been a stage when the garden would become too small. And man and woman, humankind would have left the garden because they were increasing in number. But God's presence would have also been established and would have grown wider and wider outside of the garden, filling the earth. What started originally in the garden would have filled the earth. And so when Jesus, on the mountain, before he ascended into heaven, looked upon his disciples and he said, go out, go out and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was reconfirming, repositioning the blessing of Adam and Eve. Because as we are going out, proclaiming the gospel, guess what? It fills the earth. And God's presence fills the earth. The calling to go out and make disciples is far more than just going out and making disciples. It is about calling people to draw near to God and to walk in His presence. Not doing it is adding to Satan's plan. You see, as Adam and Eve left the garden after they sinned, God sent them out of the garden. We need to understand outside of the garden, they still had relationship. Right? We see a second generation, their sons, still being in a relationship, not a good relationship, one killing the other. But there was still relationship. There was still food. There was still creation. There was still all the things bow one, God's presence. And so relationships will not make sense outside of God. Relationships will not make sense outside of God's presence. True fulfillment is found in God. That is why man was constantly looking and longing for something. I'll preach about it next week. Because they, left, they lost after leaving the garden. They lost their true source of comfort, of joy, of peace, their true source of fulfillment, being God Himself. And so ladies, gentlemen, I've been married for 22 years. Toby has been longer married than I am. Marius, I don't know how long he's been married. But I know between the three of us, I think we rule the audience here tonight. I am happily married. So is Toby. So is Marius. But can I tell you, as a man that has been married for 22 years, my wife has never been sufficient. And if you talk to my wife, she will say the same. True fulfillment is only found in God. And so that list that you've got in your Bible or in your journal of what this perfect man or woman should look like, apart from God, you will always feel empty. And that list will never be sufficient for you. I can promise you that. And so Satan also knows this. Satan knows it, and that's why he will try his utmost best to bring separation between you and God. To take you out of God's presence. To take you away from walking and dwelling with God. And so yes, we all know that sin brings separation between us and God. But here's the thing we need to understand. 
Anything that brings separation between you and God is not of God. Not just sin. What about busyness? When last have you been in God's presence? If I have to ask you now, quickly turn to the person sitting next to you and just share with them what the Lord has shared with you today. Share with them what He shared with you yesterday. Turn to them and share with them what He shared with you on Friday. Do you get the picture? We were created to draw near to God, to dwell in His presence daily. And so whatever is keeping you busy and taking you out of His presence is going against God's perfect plan, creation plan for relationship. And ultimately, if you dwell long enough outside of God's presence, it will lead to sin. It will lead to death and destruction. Easy to see when I've not been in God's presence. Just ask my daughters. My patience when I'm driving becomes fewer and fewer. Anybody feels the same about that? I see there's a Zuck Sands going like this again. <laughs> Social media will take you out of God's presence. You become so fixated about the likes you got on TikTok. I don't know if you get likes on TikTok. That's just me being uneducated. Uh, I don't want to use Facebook because I know this is not the crowd. Can you get likes on TikTok? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm a good father. <laughs> How much time do you spend daily social media? On the news? On just your phone? How much time per day do you spend in God's presence? And so we were created to be in His presence, to dwell with Him. That is our creation purpose. You need to understand this. And out of that fulfillment, truly being fulfilled, the rest of our relationships will have meaning. And so that is why Satan will try everything. He will keep you busy. He will keep you busy. And he will make you very busy to keep you out of God's presence. Because in doing so, he brings separation between you and God. So that's the first thing we see. The second thing we see is we were created to draw near to others. We were created to draw near to others. Do you know, well, let me ask you, what did God say every time after he created something? He created the moon and the stars and the sun and day and night, and then he said it is good. Do you know that there was one instance where God said it is not good? You do? You sure? When was that? When he created man. So men, not good that you are alone. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make for him a helper. It is not good for man to be alone. Remember, this is the sixth day being opened up. We see more detail. And so after he created Eve, he looked at, upon them and he said, it is very good. We were created to draw near to others. And so in Genesis 1 verse 26, God is speaking amongst the three personalities, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he says, let us create man in our image, man being plural. 
Let us create man, both women and man, in our image, in our likeness. What is he saying in that moment? Let us put for us an image, a likeness on earth, that when man, other people, cast their eyes upon these, they will see, when creation casts their eyes upon Adam and Eve, they will see a perfect relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on earth. So let me try and give you the picture. It's going to work great tonight because that spotlight is... Can you see this? Clinton, can you see this? No. Can you see this, Elga? Hey, I like this game. Let us create man and woman in our image. So when there was a filling of the earth, this is what was supposed to happen. When we looked at one another, we were supposed to only see the light, the reflection, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect relationship with one another. This is why we were created. And so as they were filling the earth, subduing the earth, this image would have spread. And so we were not created to isolate ourselves, but we were created to be in unity, in community. We were created to draw near to God and to share His love with those in community. That is why Jesus says, and this command, the new command I give you, that you should love one another. Just as I have loved you. And in, do, in doing so, people will see that you are truly my disciples. As you love, as I have loved and I am loving, people will see that you are truly my disciples because we are reflecting. We are reflecting. We were not created to isolate ourselves. And so why do we do that? Well, obviously... Not being close to God, not being near to God, we fall into the trap of thinking that we are not good enough. I'm not good enough. Or, they are not good enough. So I isolate myself from other people because I believe I'm not good enough or I believe that they are not good enough. Like Adam blamed Eve. And so in this, we see the third of God's plan, perfect plan for relationships. We were created to delight in whom we are. We were created to delight in whom we are. Verse 25. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. The man and his wife were both naked. Underline that and not ashamed, naked, totally, totally uncovered, no filters, no masks, no perfect selfie on Facebook or TikTok, oh, you can't have selfies on TikTok, there was nothing hiding, people weren't worried, Adam and Eve weren't worried about the size of their ears or the satellite on their legs or wearing the newest and the best dresses or shirts or whatever it is out there. 
They were naked and they weren't ashamed. They weren't worried about if people were grouping together and they weren't in that group. They weren't worried about, are they talking about me? What are they saying about my dress? You know, or my shoes? Am I hip enough for this crowd? They were totally, totally exposed. Totally. And they were not ashamed. And they were not ashamed. And they were not ashamed. You see, when you're busy, when you're busy reflecting the light, they understood that they were only a vessel. Only a vessel reflecting the Creator. They were naked and not ashamed because they knew it wasn't about them. They didn't see themselves. And so what did Satan do? He came and he turned the mirror around. And he made them to cast their eyes upon themselves. Look at what people does when I tell them, quickly look in the mirror and look at yourself. You see that? Look at yourself quickly in the mirror. You see that? People look away. People look away. The only time when you don't look away is when you're alone in the bathroom. (laughs) Any flexes in here? Satan got it right in that moment for us to remove our eyes from the Creator being His reflection. And to cast our eyes inward. And it's when they did that, that they suddenly realized that they were naked. They were always naked. And in that moment, when they looked into that mirror, the image became not good enough. That which God created and His Word, it is very good, suddenly became not good enough. And we became ashamed of the size of our ears the cellulite on our legs, what people say about us, whether my hair is fine or not, whether when I speak the lingo about TikTok or not, I need to get it right, otherwise I'm not with it. We became so fixated on self. And so in doing that, we moved away from the vessel, being the vessel, casting our eyes upon the Creator. And so... The longer that you do that, the more the lie becomes your truth. I am not good enough. I am not good enough. Will I ever find the right soulmate? I'm 34. I'm 35. I'm 30. Will I ever find? Will somebody notice me? See, when God casts His eyes upon you and still casts His eyes upon you, when He sees you, the following words are uttered. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. Just imagine quickly. Just imagine quickly. Scripture says He has dreamt about you. You're not just a mistake that happened. Even though your parents might tell you so. God dreamed about you. And then He formed you in your mother's womb. And then He breathed His breath of life into your lungs. 
And he spoke over you life. He spoke over you life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether somebody asks you to dance or not, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Reflect the image of a God and stop worrying about the image in the mirror. Because that's Satan's tactics to steal and destroy and bring death in your life. You were created to draw near to God, to be in His presence. That is where you will constantly hear His truth being spoken over your life. Can you understand the danger of not being there and dwelling there? His voice becomes softer and softer, not because He doesn't want to speak, because you are distancing yourself from God. We see as we study the whole episode in Eden, after Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel, guess what happens? He moves further away from God's presence. And so the further away we move, the less we walk in truth, and the more the lie becomes your truth. You were created to draw near to Him, to dwell with Him. You were created to draw near to other people. And you were created to delight in whom you are. The last thing we see is you were created to draw near to creation. Verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do what? To do what? To work, underline that word, and to keep, to do different things. See, if we start again in verse 5, you will see there was no trees, there were no plants yet. The mist, the mist started to water the earth. And then it says God created Adam, and he breathed life into his nostrils. And he placed him in the garden to work. And then we see plants coming. So we see a relationship between God and man taking hands to work and to create. It is not just God. God invited man alongside him to work and create. We were created to work, making it to flourish, making it to become more. God blessed them and said, increase in number, full. And he gives us the command to do the same with creation. Make it to flourish, make it to fill the earth. And then the second word, to keep it, to guard it, to protect it, to keep it safe. That was God's original plan. That was God's original creation plan for man walking with creation, man relating to creation. Guess what are we seeing today? Are we working it? Or are we destroying it? Are we protecting it? Or are we busy killing it? That is not God's plan. This was never God's plan. For man to destroy and to kill creation. Because it does not fulfill God's commandment. And so as a young boy, I remember growing up on the farm, my grandfather had certain rules of which birds we were allowed to shoot with a pellet gun or not. And then after shooting it, we had to bring it to him, and then we had to eat it. Obviously cook it and fry it and do something with it. But from that first day, he taught us not just to kill and destroy, 
but to work and protect and keep. Yes, creation feeds us, but it doesn't feed your lusts and your desires. It is there for your nourishment, for your health, for your well-being. And so this was God's original plan for us to draw near to Him, for us to draw near to other people, for us to delight in whom we are, and for us to draw near to creation. And so whilst the band comes up, can I ask you, God walked in the midst of the day in the garden, and He cried out, Adam, where are you? And so God, tonight, is crying out to some of you sitting here, where are you? Where are you? He is the all-knowing God. He knew exactly where Adam was. But He was putting the light on Adam to understand that he was not in the purpose of what he was created for, to be in God's midst, not to hide from God. And so God is crying out to you tonight, where are you? Are you busy hiding from me? Are you busy running away from me? Are you drawing near? Are you drawing near? Are you dwelling with me? Are you walking with me daily? What is your relationship towards other people look like? Maybe you're sitting here tonight when I said, I don't feel good enough, it touched a nerve. Is that you tonight? I want to say to you, God's truth of you being His father, or His son, and His daughter is true. It's true. Let me say it to you as a father. This is my eldest daughter sitting here in the front. I'm doing what a father is not supposed to do. Put the light on his daughter. Gives me no greater joy. I've got two daughters and a son. Just to embrace them with love. Gives me no greater joy when that little man of mine comes running down the corridor of our home, shouting out and just jumping. Or when these two daughters of mine returns from school and there's this hug of affection. How much more the Father that has created you. You are more than good enough. That same feeling that I get just to see the desire in their beings to be with me. That same desire your Heavenly Father has of you. Where are you tonight? In relationship to the Father? In relation to other people. Where are you tonight? When you look into that mirror, what is it that you see? Not see. What is it that you see? What is it that you see? What is it that you think and feel? Give us a time. Just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray now. that you will minister unto our hearts. 
Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus, I capture every thought, every emotion that's trying to steal from this moment. We come and we bind it now in the name of Jesus. We send it back from where it came. I want you to quiet your spirit and listen. And ask the Holy Spirit to minister unto you now in this moment.